Thank you, Jesus. We have an awesome God, and I wonder how, how many of us, I wonder, I wonder how many of us came to faith more than 10 years ago, just a thought, and I wonder what our first thoughts were in that, in that 12 months after we got saved, what the, the things that just blew our mind about God in that first 12 months. I wonder how much we remember those things and how much we, we still let those things impact our hearts and, and really affect us day by day. Um, thank you, Lord. I remember um, when I f- first got saved, I, I wouldn't have sort of said I got saved that day and now I'm saved, but uh, through a journey, God um, did a work on me and at school I got known as Mr. Happy and people say, why are you so happy? And I'm like, I don't know, life's just awesome, which was a real transformation from t- 12 months before, but and I couldn't explain why I was so happy. And looking back, I think, why couldn't I have understood it so I could tell them why I was so happy? But God knows. Anyway, how about you turn to the person beside you and say good day? They might be a long way away, but reach across, say good day. Welcome to church. <laughs> Fantastic. G'day, Bill. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It's so good to, to, to talk to each other. Is it? It's so good to talk. Um, it's so good to connect, relate. Anyway, I've got to move, I better start what I'm actually supposed to say. <laughs> you know, it's been said that a, a characteristic of being human, I feel like I've got to, got to speak really loudly because there's no one in the first two rows here. I've got to like project over the top. It's funny because there's no one there in the way. Anyway, it's been said that one of the characteristics of being human is that we only ever do what makes us feel good and makes us more comfortable. That's a fairly confronting uh, statement that people say that the characteristic of being human is that we only do what makes us feel pleasure or, or helps us have a better life or... Oops, or um, only do things that help us, basically. It's a fairly confronting thought. And I think, well, okay, I'm going to think about my life. You think about your life. How often do I do things that are really, it's, it's about making myself look good in front of someone else. It's about earning a little bit more money so I can buy that thing. I wonder how many things in your life are about, really, it's getting a, a better life. It's about me and making life better. I wonder how many of us come to God even with a, that that selfish way of thinking that it's all about what I can get out of this relationship. I wonder how many of us come to God like that rather than just from a grateful heart of seeing who God is and just saying, thank you, God, for being who you are and, and giving ourselves over to Him. It's a, a, a challenging thought for all of us, I think. This morning, we're going to conclude our series on Why Church. We're going to finish looking at this series. We could go on for another 100 weeks, I'm sure, but we're going to conclude our series. And this morning, whatever our motives are, whatever our heart has been, my, my hope and my prayer is that this, this morning that we would see that church is a gift. Church is a gift from God, and it is for us. It is a blessing for us. It is good for us. It is a wonderful thing that there is 
a great satisfaction, there's a great joy that comes as being a part of the church. There might be pain at times, there might be frustrations at times, there may be tensions at times because of being a part of the church, but the encouragement, the, the enjoyment that we can have as being a part of the church is like no other thing that we can be a part of because it's God's body, it's God's family, it's God's church, it's, it's, his, it's his people. We just had our 10-year anniversary as uh, someone little, uh, slipped in a little photo last week of our, uh, us away on our anniversary trip. And I've got to say, it was, it was just a super blessing. Has anyone ever had kids and then got away for a weekend or something? It was a, it's a super blessing to get away and have grandparents who will look after four kids. I think God help us once we have five. Um, but it was just so good to get away. And just, just enjoy that relationship with one another again. And this morning, I pray that you will be drawn just to spend time with God, just to dwell with Him again, to, to reconnect again in a, a fresh and intimate way. You know, f- friends come and go. Family, we have our challenges at times. Clubs rise and fall and things come and go, but the church will endure. The church is established by God and God will sustain His church. God will... God is the author and sustainer of life and He's the one that created the church and it will endure. Let's just pray now. God, we thank You for Your love for us. God, I thank You for Your love for each and every person here today. God, I thank You for those that maybe it's even their first time in church anywhere this morning. And God, I thank You that You've drawn them to this place today, that Lord, we can hear the words of the songs that we've been singing about your love for us, about your grace for us. Lord, those words about helping us to be more aware of your presence. God, we thank you that you are everywhere, that you are all places, that you are all-knowing, and God, you're also all-powerful. Lord, we thank you for your saving grace. Lord Jesus, you died on the cross to pay for our sin, that we do not have to be judged as we deserve. We simply have to come to you in faith. And that, Lord, your forgiveness, your eternal life is for anyone who comes to you. Lord, I pray today that you would help us to see the fullness of what that means. Lord, to see the church that you have established through faith, that we can be joined to your body. That, Lord, you would help us to see the amazing picture of what you've called your church to be and to become. Lord, help us to catch just a glimpse Lord, excite us just that little bit more about who you are and what you're planning to do through your body. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we've been asking the question, why church? Why church? And we talked about where there's something happening, people can join in. If there's, if there's one thing good about church, is that there's something happening here on a Sunday morning. If there was no one here, you wouldn't invite anyone here. Well, there's something happening, people can join in. They can come, they can hear, they can sit in, they can listen. We have a youth ministry that young people can come. If there was nothing happening, they couldn't come. Probably two-thirds of our young people don't come to church, but they come to youth because there's something happening. It's about the mission we've called to. It's about being the church that's the representatives of God. Why church? Because Jesus has called us. It's about a relationship. It's about living life with Him. It's about doing life with God together. 
Why church? Because Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy of us coming together to, to honour Him, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to be fit together as living stones, as someone talked about last week, as the temple of God, the church. Why church? It's about being sandpapered, as Dee spoke about at the very beginning of our series that was sort of unofficially attached to this series. It's about being sandpapered, about growing, about maturing in our faith. It's, it's about being His body and, and working together for the good of the whole body. And today we're going to finish our series by looking at Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to talk about and look at what it means to be the bride of Christ. If you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open up to Ephesians chapter 5 as we look at what it means to be the bride of Christ, what it means to be the church, what it looks like, what God's intention is for His, His bride to be. Ephesians 5, he starts off, um, the start of chapter 5, he says... Imitate God. He says, don't be like this. Don't be sexually impure. Don't be greedy. Don't be idolaters. Don't be all these things. And he says, be like this. Pursue God. Follow Christ. And in verse 15, he he's continues to talk about, not like that, but like this. He says, verse, verse 15, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of his church. He is the saviour of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church, without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. Paul creates... A real contrast between, oh, sorry, I didn't click up the next one, sorry. <laughs> Paul creates a real contrast between, don't be like this, don't be fools, don't live this way. He says, live this way, be wise, be people who, who, who are godly, who are, are different from the world. He says, don't be fools, don't be thoughtless, don't be, don't be, be drunk. He says, be wise, be thoughtful, think about how you can live this life. Be filled with God's Spirit. I wonder if you have any contrast in your life at times between being a fool and being a wise person. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge to always be wise. I think many of us get halfway through the day and think, wow, I have been foolish today. 
we're all called to different people and to, to different places. And, and Friday night, I um, had the chance to visit a place with a uh, very um, budding muso from this church uh, who has a heart just to be Jesus to people in that community. And, and in that community where there's a lot of music, there's also a lot of alcohol, um, but just his heart for those people I know is to, to be Jesus. And he takes his orange juice along. And uh, God help us to be Jesus in the community that God's called us to. But as I, as I left that place, after being there for a time, I, I, uh, I was going to say as it finished, but it wasn't finished. I just was too tired. I had to go to bed. And uh, as I left that place, I, I walked out and I saw some people that I went to school with. And they were people that I knew back then were, were right into the party scene. And when I say partying, it wasn't just having birthday cake. Um, there was a lot more liquids consumed. And nearly 20 years later, I walk out of this place and I see these people that I knew were going out getting, getting, getting smashed every weekend. And 20 years later, I walk outside and there they are. And they're still getting smashed. They're just getting drunk every Friday, Saturday night. And I've got to say, my heart just churned. I thought, God, help that person I'm thinking of right now. God, help that person I'm thinking of right now. You know, God loves drunkards. God loves drug dealers. God's love is for prostitutes. God's love is for all people. He loves every one of us. We all stumble and fall and make mistakes, and we, we, we are sinners. But God calls us by His grace to know His love and to turn from those things. And then yesterday, I was in a suburb of Geelong that has probably got a fairly bad reputation. Uh, we were having a bit of a family day, um, an unexpected extended family day, so I snuck out for a little while and uh, had a little look over my message for today. And as I'm sitting there in the cafe looking over my talk, I couldn't help but notice some of the people that walked through that shopping centre. And I've got to say, there's, there are consequences for disobeying God's commands. And if we consume things, if we use things, if we walk in ways that God has not instructed us, there are obvious consequences. I, I, just, I saw kids, I saw families, I saw people that were so obviously affected by drugs, by, by substances, by things. There was a guy sitting in the cafe that I... I my heart just went out to the guy. I thought, what, what's happened to this guy's life? And there's all sorts of things that lead people to make choices like that, but we have to be responsible for our choices. Drugs, dr drinking, sex outside of marriage, these things bring pain to our lives and to the people around us. God is a forgiving God, but they, they bring pain if any of you are struggling with those things today, please ask someone to pray with you. Ask someone to walk with you as you journey out of those things. Paul says, don't act thoughtlessly. Don't just do it and then think about it later. Act thoughtfully. He says, submit to one another. Don't be fools, be wise. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, if you have any reverence for Christ, if you have any respect, any honour for God, honour one another by submitting to one another. This is our worship, to, to, to submit to one another, to, to be in relationship with one another. 
to, to be committed to one another. It, it's a part of our worship. Paul is saying, why church? Well, he's saying, if you don't stay in relationship, if you don't stay submitted to one another, if you aren't challenged and if you aren't grading and sandpapering each other at times, you will get off track. You will be deceived. If you aren't in a committed relationship to my body, you're going to be swayed. I wonder if there's anyone here who, know, who, who might know someone who used to go to church and no longer does. Maybe you're even listening to the podcast right now. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're here this morning. You used to go to church, but then a bit of time went on and you weren't going to church and you suddenly found yourself drinking a little more again. You started using some words that you didn't used to use, but now they're sort of slipping out every now and again. Maybe you're being a little bit more critical. Maybe there's a bit more cynicism creeping in. And I've got to say, not everyone's like that. There's some, some great non-Christians, some loving kind, compassionate non-Christians out there that probably challenge myself and others at times. Great people, they just need to know the great saviour. But let's not act thoughtlessly. Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. And I've got to say as well that there's some terminology going around that I think is not godly. Even though people said that they, they seemed like they were drunk on the day of Pentecost... Being filled with the Spirit in the Bible has nothing to do with seeming drunk. I think there's some, some wrong language going around. I'll, I'll just say that much. But the Holy Spirit I know, the Holy Spirit that the Bible teaches, is one who brings joy and wisdom and self-control, who convicts of sin, who leads us and guides us in righteousness, and who always honours Christ. Don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. It's not a parallel, it's not two like terms. It's one Spirit that leads to deception and destruction. There's one Spirit that leads to life. He says, be filled with the Spirit, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, submission to Christ is a part of being filled with the Spirit. It's a sign of being filled with the Spirit. It's, it's, it's connected. We can't love God and not love His body. We cannot love God and not be submitted to one another. Isaiah 1, if you've been reading along in the CFC daily Bible reading plan, it was, chapter 1, it talked about the... the it says... I hate your sacrifice. I, I hate the way you, you do your ceremonies and all these things you say you're doing in my name. But I hate it all. He says, I, I want you to... He says, I'm, I'm sick of it. He says, wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. This is how we worship, he's saying. If you want to please God... Do these things, submit to one another, honour one another out of reverence for Christ. In our family over the last few years, we've got kids and we're learning to be parents. Um, some of our language has changed since we are growing, I believe, God help us, in our walk as parents. 
Jesus took our punishment upon the cross. He took it. He took it all. We, we don't need to punish our kids. But what we do need to do is bring instruction and help them to learn and grow. And one of the things we talk about is, is when someone does something in our family, we, we try and use language of saying, are you honouring God by what you just said? Are you honouring God by the, what, you, the, the, what you just did to your brother? Was that honouring God the way you just behaved? Are, are you honouring God? It's about who are we honouring? Are we honouring one another or are we trying to honour ourselves and just get everything for ourselves? God has called us to be a people of honour. And honour isn't just about mindlessly obeying someone. Honour isn't about always um, or, or, or never uh, challenging someone. Honour is speaking the truth in love to one another. Honour will speak out when maybe otherwise we wouldn't speak out. This is how we worship. Paul continues in verse 22 to 28 of Ephesians 5, talking about and talking to wives and to husbands. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a real push in our community, in, in our world today, against biblical marriage. There is a definite attack on biblical marriage in our world today. Praise God, there are some nations that are standing up saying, no, this is what God intended in marriage. Marriage is intended to be between one man and one woman for life. The end. When Jesus was challenged about, well, Moses allowed divorce, Jesus said, you know what? Yeah, he did. But God hates divorce. Now, I know there's people in this room that have been through divorce and, and God's love is for you. God's, God's forgiveness is in those things. And there are times when there is separation needed because of things that are going on. God does not want someone to stay in an abusive relationship. God does not want anyone to be abused. I feel like I'm talking on some heavy subjects today. <laughs> but God's plan is one woman, one man for life. It's, it's the relationship that honours God. It's the relationship that honours one another. It's a relationship that honours kids. It's the relationship that honours community. And there is an enemy who is prowling, looking for ways to destroy marriages and family. There's an enemy that wants to tear apart that commitment within family and also within church. Those same lies that the enemy would want to plant about marriage, I believe Satan would also want to sow in people's minds about the church. You know, there's so many weddings these days that talk about that we're going to commit our lives to one another as long as his love shall last. Some of you have never heard that before. Some people actually say in their wedding vows, as long as this love shall last. That is not marriage. That is not commitment. God's plan is, is covenant marriage, that we commit to each other no matter what, that we work through the things together. You know, Rochelle and I went away after 10 years, and I can honestly say that we love each other, warts and all, more than we did 10 years ago. We, we know our faults, whole lot more. God, Rochelle knows me and I thank God that she knows God's forgiveness and grace. And she knows me so much more completely, every bad characteristic, but we, we love each other all the more. Because what a gift to be in a covenant relationship where you know that you can come to that person and say, I'm sorry that I did this. 
And you know that their, their, their desire, their, their plan, their commitment is to work through that thing and to go forward. That you can come to each other and know that you're in a covenant relationship. And guys, if you're not married, th- that's what you're aiming for. <laughs> it's a challenge at times, I'll put my hand up, to, to, to walk in that covenant. But that is God's plan for marriage. That is God's plan for His church, that we be in covenant relationship with one another. That when someone speaks the truth in love, we don't get offended and walk away. But out of, out of submission, out of reverence for Christ, we listen, we work it out, and we go forward in unity to bring honor to God. God help us all. He says to the wives, submit to your husbands. I, I, I met with a couple doing some pre-marriage counselling a couple of years ago. And I said, you can preach on anything you want, Andrew, in our, in our sermon, as long as you don't talk about submission. I'm like, really? Let's just dive in there. <laughs> we had a little chat. And I said, you know what? If your husband committed to do everything he possibly could for you, if he committed to die for you, if he, if he gave his life and did absolutely everything he could to protect, love and support you, would you be willing to submit to him then? And she's like, wow, when you put it like that. And I said, you know what? Jesus gave his life. He died on the cross that we might know his love for him and, and, and understand that his, his knowledge is greater than ours. His love is greater than ours. And if we submit ourselves to him, he leads us into the fullness of life that we could ever have. And she's like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah, you can talk on that now. So I did. Um, <laughs> And he says to the husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And you know, he, the parallel goes both ways. It's, as husbands and wives should love each other, church, we should be so committed to Jesus and to his church in the same way. We could look at Hosea. We haven't got time, but we could look at Hosea, this guy that was told to go and marry a prostitute named Gomer, who even after getting married, this woman who just couldn't understand his love went off and continued to, to sleep with other men, running off with other men. And God explained that his people Israel were just like Gomer. They were unfaithful, ungrateful and uncommitted. But God's grace is greater. God's grace and his love is greater if we will simply turn and come back to him. As last week someone shared about... Uh, at times there are times when God calls us to move from one church to another, but let's stay in covenant relationship with his church, with his people. We cannot love God and not love his people. If you want to read about that, have a look at 1 John. What Paul's saying, what God is saying, is he wants us to lay down our lives, to honour God by honouring one another, to be filled with the Spirit and submitted to one another. We honour God by honouring one another. Jesus told us that the world would know us by our love for one another. Just love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We honour God when we honour one another. Just as Christ loved his church and gave up his life for us. Romans 12 says, Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. 
Let's be ones who are people of honour. Let's be a church that is known for the way we honour people, for honouring one another and honouring those we meet day by day. Love never tears down. I'd love to read 1 Corinthians 13, but we don't have time to read everything this morning. Why, church? Why do we do it? Why do we give up our Sunday mornings on a beautiful 32-degree day? Why do we give up our Thursday nights to go to Bible study? Why do we... Why do we do it? Why church? To be a bride that honours Christ. To be a bride that shows our love and our faithfulness, our, our, our thankfulness to God, to our, our bridegroom Christ, who is coming again for his church. We could look at the wedding banquet in Matthew, that those who didn't put on the wedding clothes were thrown out of the wedding feast. You know, Jesus died that we might be clothed in his righteousness. That we might be clothed in gentleness and humility, forgiveness and generosity. It says he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. He washed, that we would be washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. That is the way Christ will present his bride, his church, on that final day. We're washed clean by God's grace, by faith in Jesus Christ. As I was preparing, I thought, I got to this point and I sort of thought, what's the point we're getting at here? What, what, what is it? And basically, I want to say, faith in Jesus without action, at best, I think it, faith without action at best is selfish. Faith without action, without action at worst is, is shameful to God. If we say we have faith in Christ and don't love our brother and sister, we fool ourselves. God's love is not in us, John says. It's a struggle for each one of us day by day, but God help us to be people that love, that honour and are submitted to one another. Why, church, Jesus has called us to relationship. Why, church, that we would be messengers to the lost. It's about the mission that God's called us to. Why, church, because Jesus is worthy of our praise and our honour. Our honour is, is the way we truly worship God. Why, church, that together we would grow to be more like Christ, that we would be as Carol prayed this morning that as we go out from this place, that people would say, what is it about you? The way you honour people, the way you love people, the, the way uh, you're different to the way you were last year. Let's be people that are committed to church. I say that as a verb. To, to church, to meet together, to encourage one another, to, to do relationship together, to do mission, to honour God and to grow. This Christmas, we don't have a big Christmas event like a Christmas extravaganza, but we do have a Christmas event happening through our church. And it's what you're doing this week. And it's what you're doing the week after that, and the day before Christmas, and the day of Christmas. That's our Christmas event this year. I, I f felt God say, don't run the event this year. Let people be Christ where they're going to be. Don't, don't make them busy. Just let them be Christ where God's called them to be.
And I want you to think right now, this week, how can you honour someone? And to be honest, I, I had these ideas of, of, of making an event that wasn't an event, that we, on the one day we all invite our neighbours over for dinner and, and get to know them and just, just to honour them and love them and, and get to know them. And I thought, actually, Andrew, that's not everyone's gift. That's not the way everyone's going to do this. But how can you, this week, I want you to think about it. I want you to write it down. I want you to plan it into your calendar. What day this week can you do something that will honour someone else? And through your honour of that person, you honour God and you let it be your worship. Maybe you will bake someone a cake. Maybe you'll invite someone over for tea. Maybe you'll go and mow someone's lawn. Maybe you'll do the neighbour's garden. What can you do this week that will honour God? Bring honour to Him and honour that person to show God's love this Christmas. Let's be extravagant in our honour of people, of those around us, our neighbours, our friends, those that are struggling those that maybe have been critical of us or even come against us at times. Let's honour them in whatever we're doing this week and this Christmas time. Can we stand? I'm going to ask the band to come and we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Well, Jesus, I just pray today for each and every one of these people here. Lord, I pray for myself this morning, that God, that you would help us day by day to remember what you have done for us upon the cross. That, Jesus, we would see the way that you loved us, the way you have drawn us to be your church. And that, God, we would let go of those things that maybe, Lord, we, we're still holding on to, those those things that just bring death and destruction in our lives. Lord, we're saved by grace through faith, but Lord, there's still consequences to our actions when we turn from you. Lord Jesus, I just pray right now that you would cut off some of those things in people's lives right now. Lord, you would break the chains. Lord, I believe you've already broken them, Lord, in those people's lives, but Lord, they would just fall off. Lord, even as they pull away from those things, as they, they strive after you, God, that by your Spirit, you would just cause them just to fall off their lives. You would break them off. You would set them free. That they would know a new, new love for life. Because you have set them free and they are truly free. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would help us to be your church. To be the church that you have intended us to be without spot or blemish or wrinkle. That God, we would be people that honour one another. We would be people that honour those around us that show your love to each other, that, Lord, in covenant relationship, we would work things out when we have offence with one another. Lord, in our marriages, in our relationships with one another, God, help us to be people who submit ourselves to working things out, to loving, to serving, to laying down our life as Christ laid down his life for the church. Help us to be people that truly follow you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity of Christmas when people are aware of what Christmas is about, to some degree at least. God, give us your grace, your wisdom as we open our mouths, as we, as we speak, as we act around people this Christmas. Give us boldness to speak out, Lord, when you're prompting us to, that we might boldly proclaim the message about Jesus, the one who saves from sin, the hope of all the world that we would truly be the church that you desire, that, that the people that you desire us to be, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
we're going to sing this song. Um, How great is our God. What a great way to finish. How great is our God. How great is our Saviour. How great is the one who died for me upon the cross. And even though we run off and do stupid things, He just calls us back and says, I love you. Come, follow me. Let's sing it. Let's sing it with honour in our hearts. And this morning, if you do really just want someone to pray with you, please come down the front and we'd love to pray with you. All of us stumble and fall at times. Maybe there's some other thing in your life going on even right now. You just want someone to pray with you. Please don't go home without getting someone to pray. Even if it's the person beside you or coming forward, please get someone to pray right now. God loves you. Can you say that? God loves me. God loves me. Let's see.